Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to Shoot the Breeze with Alexandra Marie and I am your host, Alexandra Marie. Please be sure to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, as well as Pinterest at Alexandra Marie underscore talks. That's at A-L-E-X-A-N-D-R-E-M-A-R-I-E underscore T-A-L-K-S. Thank you guys again for tuning in to season three, I Am Wonder Woman series. So later on today, we will be joined by a phenomenal woman. She is definitely um, Wonder Woman and has the qualities of Wonder Woman, of course. She is Christina Yakris. Now, look, being trilingual now, you would think, all right, sister, you should know how to pronounce names. I suck at name pronunciations. So I'm so sorry, Christina, for jacking up your name. If I jacked up your name, I'm so sorry, girl. But she is the founder and CEO of Circles for Healing. It is a nonprofit organization. She's also a community activist. And she is a wife as well as a mother. I'm pretty sure she has other things under her belt. And during the interview, we will dig deeper to know a little bit more about her. So... I am Wonder Woman series. Again, what is Wonder Woman and what are some of her qualities? Well, one of her strongest qualities that attributes to her whole being is being self-motivated. And if you guys have heard this podcast before, you know this is a topic that I keep drumming and pouring into you guys, self-motivation and how it is constant and how we need it and how having it, especially having self-confidence is something that will get us to the finish line. But it's also something that we need to win in life. So many multimillionaires as well as entrepreneurs speak about motivation and self-motivation, okay? And like I said, if you're able to get up, right? Like I've always been saying through this throughout this podcast from season one to now, if you are able to roll yourself out of bed Pat yourself on the back because we know there's so many people out there that mentally just cannot do that. Forget about physically because mentally they are at a space that does not allow them to take themselves, pick themselves up out of bed, right? So if you're able to do that, if you're able to wake up every morning and roll yourself out of bed and plant your two feet on the ground, you are closer, closer to your main goal. And you need to count that as success, right? So what are five qualities of self-motivated people? Well, 
the first quality that many self-motivated people have is the eager and the urgency to learn something new. And it's not because you need to or you have to. It's because you want to, right? You are naturally a curious person. Um, if many of you don't know, there's actually something called the five-hour rule, right? And it's a simple concept that was founded by Michael Simmons. And basically, it's setting aside five hours a week, right? Or an hour each day dedicated to deliberately learning something new, okay? That could be reading, it could be experimenting, it could be reflecting, anything, just something new. So many of us say, well, I don't have the time to start something new, learn something new, or do something new. Imagine five hours a week, four weeks out of a month, that's 20 hours a month, give or take, where you can actually learn to do something new or you can start something new. How many of us want to start a new business? How many of us want to write a book? How many of us want to learn a new language? You just need an hour a day, five days a week, right? You just need one hour a day. And if you think about it, in a month, you're really setting aside 20 hours. You know, you don't have to take away from your family, but deliberately telling yourself, I'm going to learn something new. I'm going to exercise, you know, my mind and dedicate this time to learning something new is one of the qualities of self-motivated individuals that win at life. Another quality is admitting to yourself you don't know everything. So self-awareness, having a deeper understanding of your own strengths and weaknesses allows you to upgrade your skill set and achieve even higher levels of success. Another thing is you're willing to take bigger risk to get bigger results, okay? If you didn't hear that, you're willing to take bigger risk to get bigger results. So you're not afraid of stepping out of your comfort zone you're not afraid of trying something new. This is, this is actually something that entrepreneurs have. This is an entrepreneur spirit right here. You know, I have to go big to get big. Also, you don't put such high expectations, right? 
And I know people are going to say, well, if you don't put high expectations on something, then you're not going to work hard at it. That's not, that's not true, right? I always say you are successful simply because you acted upon your idea. Do you know how many people out there have ideas on top of ideas on top of ideas and they never do anything about it at all? And then here comes an infomercial, like, man, I had an idea like that. So again, do not count yourself as being unsuccessful because your idea failed or it's not where you think it ought to be. Because honestly, a business is successful when it reaches its five-year mark. That is success in business. And there are so many businesses out there that fail before five years. So if you have a side business or side hustle or whatever the case is, if you're just bringing in 10,000 a year, if you're reaching your five-year mark or if you've been in business for more than five years, look, Statistically speaking, you're already successful, okay? Just start. That's it. Last, you always think two steps ahead, right? So you make a plan and you think of, Well, how will this go if A happens or if B happens? And it's not, it's not wishing ill or it's not being pessimistic. It's being prepared, right? People can look at that and say, well, you're being pessimistic. Why would you think of or why would you speak negativity or failure about your business? You're not thinking or speaking of negativity or failure about your business, you're being a realist. You're saying to yourself, things will happen. Things are going to happen. I have. To, I know there's going to be moments where I'm not going to want to do this. I know there's probably going to be moments where I'm, I want to bang my head into the wall or I just want to quit. There's going to be moments where I'm going to fail. But you know what? I need a plan for those things. That's the only way that I can assure success. And when you have that self-motivated learner, entrepreneur spirit, you know and understand that you need to plan for things and you need to not just plan for good, but you have to plan for not so good. So everyone, let's welcome Christina to the show. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, I can. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Awesome. Awesome. So thank you so much, Christina, for being one of the guests on my podcast for the Wonder Woman series. 
It's my pleasure, truly. So I know a little bit about you. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Well, I am the founder and president of Circles for Healing Nonprofit, as well as consulting. I am a vice principal of a high school in East Orange, New Jersey, called East Orange Campus High School. I'm a community activist, a lifelong learner. Um, a mother, and I am someone who goes 100% to get the job done and fights no matter what. Awesome. All Wonder Woman qualities right there. (laughs) Definitely is. So how has being an entrepreneur affected your family life? How has being an entrepreneur affected my family life? Well, that is a really great question. And I will say this, that when you are a person who wears many hats, you have to juggle many things. And that comes with sacrifices um, that you have to deal with when it comes to family. Some people don't necessarily understand what it means to live in the community, to work in the community, and how um, that is a part of your life mission when you have a mission-centered life. Um, However, when it comes to my son, I made it a goal of mine to not do things separately. So I want him to see me and him to see the work qualities that I have and the love of people that I have um, and to work alongside with me. So um, when he was younger, my son is seven years old, but when he was younger, um, you know, obviously I would leave him with my grandparents when it, con- when it came to going out into the community and doing work. But now at this age, these are teach- teachable moments. So when we do food drives or if we are, you know, doing rallies out in the community or just helping in general or just, you know, um, mentoring, he's right there with me. And what I've noticed is that his vocabulary has changed. His level of emotional intelligence has grown immensely. Um, His care and concern for people has changed. And that is not because mommy was preaching to him. I am very um, clear on that. I do not like saying, do this, do that. You know, you learn by observing. So, you know, now when he sees somebody, you know, in need, it's not a matter of um, me saying, look at that. He is cognizant in it and he's very aware of his community and surroundings. So he'll say, you know, me, mommy, you know, look over there. What can we do for that person? Or, you know, how can we teach them a, a, a way to do something better? And this is the vocabulary coming out of a seven-year-old's mouth, you know, verbatim. So when it comes to entrepreneurship and, you know, being a mom and wearing different hats and family life, yes, you know, we may not spend that much time in the house, but we are out in the community. And I would say you have to do things together. It has to become a, you know, a family, Mm -hmm. you know, a family enterprise at the same time. Oh, I believe it. You guys, I see his cute little self on the microphone on her uh, Instagram. (laughs) So she's not lying there. She's not lying. (laughs) So, um, as women, we often get lost and stuck in the past due to lack of self-worth and self-motivation. So, what motivates you? 
You want to know the truth? Absolutely. What motivates me is what will happen if you don't move because of motivation. That is Mm. darkness. That is being stagnant. One of my deepest fears is not moving at all, not growing at all. Hello. Hello. I am so sorry. My phone died. It's the world of podcasts. No worries. (laughs) (laughs) No worries. I'm just happy you could get back on. That's fine. Okay. So we were talking about motivation and what motivates you. And I think you were saying something in the lines of moving the needle is what motivates you. Correct. Not doing anything, the thought of not doing anything and what happens when you are stagnant and you don't move and you don't test the waters and, you know, you live in the world of what if. That is truly a terrifying place to be to me. So that's what motivates me, the thought of not being motivated. That's a that's a motivating factor for a lot of entrepreneurs. You know, they just can't sit still. I know for myself, mm, yes. it takes me a long time to go to sleep sometimes because I'm like rehashing the whole day what I could have done or if I could have done this differently or this is not right. You know, sometimes I could feel like I'm asleep for eight hours and realistically I've only probably slept for two or three because my mind keeps going. So <laughs> the world of insomnia is a thing. Yes. Oh, I know it. (laughs) So where did the idea of your nonprofit uh, Circles for Healing come from? The idea of my nonprofit, you know, and I hope, you know, you'll learn this about me very quickly. Um, I'm really candid and transparent. So I am going to give you the honest and hardcore truth here. I, um, working in a school district, Mm -hmm. there are many um, red lines and red tape, right? Right. And when you have gifts, you automatically want to bring everything you have to the table um, to, you know, rise, you know, along with um, whatever your career is. You want to bring those gifts naturally to the table. But sometimes... Um, what you have can't be housed um, in one place, not because it can't be necessarily appreciated. Sometimes it's not always understood or um, people may not know what to do exactly with all that you have. So I say that to say a lot of my ideas, I've been in in education for about 10 years. I started as a teacher um, and now a vice principal of one of the largest high schools in um, Jersey. And, um, you know, I had a lot of ideas and a lot of programs that I wanted to create. But because of a lot of red tape in education, you know, sometimes it just could not happen or, you know, I got a lot of responses. Well, you know, we're not necessarily sure if, you know, this building or this district may not be ready for that idea or that might be a little bit too big. How can we dial things back? So I found my visions being forced to be watered down. And I don't like watered down anything. Um, And I did what I had to do. But I realized, you know, if I'm really going to be able to um, expand my visions and um, 
enlarge the territory that, you know, my visions need in order to survive, um, I'm going to have to step outside of, of these walls. And that's what pushed me to open my nonprofit is not because I will, I dreamt of having a nonprofit as a young girl, um, but because in my womanhood and in my career, I wasn't able, my dreams weren't and my visions weren't able to grow and survive and for their wings to spread. So um, a lot of my missions have gone global um, as far as opening up a a library in South Africa. Um, I've done a lot of research. I, you know, did research expeditions in Africa three months with Fulbright, um, traveling along the Senegambia Basin and studying cultural narratives and, you know, a lot of connections and resources and, you know, ideas came from that. Um, and I would not have been able to do a lot of the global initiatives that I have um, started, created, or been a part of if I would have just kept everything inside of my workplace. So Circles for Healing was born because my visions needed a place to grow, not mm -hmm. for me, but for what they were meant for, which was for the village, for the community, for empowerment, for education. If I was going to empower the way I wanted to empower, I, I needed a bigger platform. So if you don't have a table that you're invited to, a boss woman, what they do is they build their own table. So exactly. I built my own table. That's right. That's what you got to do. <laughs> so recently you and other local nonprofit groups had a backpack a school drive. Tell us about that. Yeah, so um, we're a lot working along with the city of East Orange and um really engaged council members um, in the city of East Orange, Councilman Berglinius, um, Councilman Tamika Goward Ward, Council, um, Councilwoman Tamika Goward Ward, um, forgive me, and um, Councilman Gomez. Um, we, you know, work together along with Circles for Healing Nonprofit. You know, we collaborate a lot. Um, you can't do everything by yourself. You know, you have to get like-minded people together in order for that platform to grow. So we were able to, um, using our resources collectively, um, collect over a thousand book bags, wow. um, as well as books. Um, we had a partner, Love, um, L-O-V-E, out of the Bronx. New York and they had a connection with Barnes and Noble and they too brought over a thousand books to give away. Um, we also work with um, Green Grocer Food Hub out of Bloomfield, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. And they collected a donation for Circles for Healing nonprofit where they gave away fresh produce. They um, have a farm to table, um, beautiful, beautiful fresh produce shop um, in Montclair. And um, they brought tons, and I mean tons of food to this giveaway. So those who attended walked away with a book bag full of books of um, school supplies, as well as books of their choice from Barnes and Noble, as well as fresh groceries if they needed it. Wow, that is phenomenal. That's amazing. <laughs> Definitely. I love it. So what is your greatest fear and how do you manage it? My greatest fear is not succeeding. 
that that is truly truly um something that that scares me is not succeeding not moving um how do i manage that fear i have been a goal getter since i could remember and something that i do that i started in high school that i don't think many of my um peers were doing but i did and it really helped me to be um you know as successful as i am at this age you know i'm 32 and i've done a lot um and i definitely um the way i manage my time is a testament to how i've been able to accomplish so much in a short amount of time so um i make timelines and i started this in high school Mm -hmm. sometimes the timelines can be a year long sometimes they can be two or five years long um and in those timelines i start all the way at the end and i put whatever that long-term goal is and you know however much time i'm giving myself this is what i want this is the time I'm going to get it. And by this time, I am going to achieve this. And then I work backwards. What are the short-term goals that I need to do in order to meet that long-term goal and be successful at it? And I will time it out and, you know, give myself adequate amount of time. It might be a course that you have to take or a certification that you need. Um, a certification course might be six weeks or four weeks, it, or you may have to get a whole degree. It does not matter, you know. Whatever time it takes to get to that long-term goal, you map it out. And um, using that method, um, by the age of 32, you know, I was able to graduate college and earn my bachelor's um, at the age of 20. I received my first master's at the age of 26. And I have a second master's that I received at 29. So, you know, um, amongst my my career path. So um, once again, I'm a VP at 32. And um, I own a very successful and um, a president of a very successful nonprofit and consultant um, company for education. So um, long-term goals and short-term goals to match that. I use that method till today and it is very helpful to me. I love it. I love it. Definitely took us to church there. (laughs) What are your ideals? Mm, My ideals, my ideals. I say this a lot. Um, Sankofa um, and Sankofa life. And that is something that I hold close to my chest. So Sankofa is a Yoruba word that means go back, go back to learn and to fetch in order to move forward. Mm-hmm. And I live by that. I live by it on a daily basis. Um, and it's not just culturally, it's not about, you know, you know, just culture. It's about the way you go through life. You can't be successful until you really understand um, where you're coming from and how, where you're coming from or what your starting point is, how important that is to the finish line. Because if you know where you're starting, you know how to move forward or where, what you need to do in order to move forward. But a lot of times we, um, 
are we're scared of that truth. We're scared of what that starting point looks like. And being able to look at yourself in the mirror, naked, unashamed, no regrets. This is where I'm starting. This is what my starting point is. This is where my family started. This is, you know, what my my family, you know, background is. And this is the starting. This is where this is what it is. And it's okay. And how do I use my starting point? And how do I use whatever, you know, may have not been meant for good, but change it around for good. So San Kofa life understanding the power of going back in order to move forward. That is something that I hold close to my chest, as well as giving an homage to those who came before us and, you know, our ancestors and understanding what that blood spilt meant and how it is the onus is on us to ensure that blood spent, tears spent, and history that um, has not been forgotten, how we're going to use that for the good. I love, I love how you speak about knowing your past. I feel like a lot of us millennials, we're doing that. We're trying, you know, we're doing the ancestry bloodline. If we, if we don't know mm-hmm. where we're coming from, just so we can have a better understanding of who we are. And I love how you emphasize time. I'm one of those people that look, time doesn't exist. If you decide at 40 years old, you want to change your whole life, meaning you want to go back to school, get a doctorate, do whatever it is, then you do that. So many people are stuck on, I have to finish this, this, that, and you know, I'm so pressed for time that they actually run out of time. Yes. 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 You run, it's like the dog chasing its own tail. Exactly. Yes. (laughs) So uh, do you believe there is some sort of pattern or formula to becoming a successful entrepreneur? Oh, absolutely. Um, You know, I got to go back to the timeline um, method that I use. Entrepreneurs, they don't wait for success to come to their door. Mm -hmm. Anybody who waits for success to come to their door they're going to be waiters and dreamers and that's okay. But waiters and dreamers, they waste a lot of time. Mm -hmm. Entrepreneurs, they plan, they plan and they plan on purpose and they understand and they, they understand the power of planning and they stick to that plan. So, When it comes to, for example, short-term goals, long-term goals, understanding how they work together, that is a formula. I do not care what language you speak, what country you're in. All entrepreneurs will understand that, what it means and how important it is to being successful and how you do not wait for things to come to you. You go to it. You go to it, and if you're not invited in, you kick the door down if that is the door that you need to get to in order to move forward or go to the other side. You cannot wait. You cannot look for somebody to offer something. You present yourself. You present yourself with pride. You present yourself with um, confidence. Even if you're not confident, you don't show it. You present yourself in the way you want to be received. And after that presentation, 
you do whatever you were born to do, whatever your gifts are. And if it's not accepted the way you want it to be accepted, you knock the damn door down and you move forward no matter what, because things are going to come into to the way, you know, people are going to try to stop you. You're going to have people around you who get jealous and people mm-hmm. who fall off your team. You're going to have people around you who started with you on your journey, but they're like, wow, you know, I started with you because, you know, I thought you were cool, but this thing is actually working and why can't I make this work for myself? And on the midst of them being on that journey with you, they try to do the same thing, you know, for themselves in a different way. And people are going to try to steal your ideas. These are things that come, but you can't let that stop you a lot of times it's a distraction nobody can do what you do the way you do it but you so Mm. if somebody gets off with one idea let them have it don't get distracted don't you know harp on you know what happened in the past you keep going because while they're eating that small morsel you have the whole goddamn cake take the cake and run with it Mm, you can't see me, but I'm waving my hand in the air, y'all. <laughs> Woo! Yes, preach! Let the rats have <laughs> the crumbs. If there's some crumbs are going to fall off the table, and that's all right. You have the crumbs, but you have the cake. Run with that's the cake. right. Woo! Child, y'all hear her? Do y'all hear this? <laughs> Take notes. Play this back. On repeat. <laughs> and do it again. You know what I'm saying? And again. so what is your favorite aspect of being an entrepreneur my favorite aspect of being an entrepreneur is inspiring others um especially young girls um and just young the youth in general because seeing the way they because I and I always make sure I have youth on my team um that's super important to me um having a youth at the base because they have you have to have um and and make sure that you pour into the generation that's going to take over um so the secretary of circles for healing he started in the 12th grade and he is now um a sophomore at Montclair State University And this girl, you know, who I actually taught um, at the high school, she is at Montclair University to be an entrepreneur, to be a businesswoman. And she did not start there, but just her being around me, her working with me, um, the power of the youth looking up to you and being inspired and learning from you by observation, very much the way my son learns um, from me. That is so powerful. And, and it's so meaningful. And I, I think that all entrepreneurs, sometimes we may lose sight of the fact that you always should have some youth on your team. That can't be lost. It can't be lost because it has a purpose and it's a really, really powerful purpose. So the biggest thing that I love about being an entrepreneur is aspiring the next. Because I want to pass on the mantle. I have passed on the mantle in many ways. And if I'm not doing something where, you know, it's a mantle that can be passed on. The truth is I'm not doing anything at all. Mm -hmm. Right. We have to make sure that people that come after us actually have some type of roadmap 
as to how to Correct. be successful. And that's your key to immortality mm-hmm. because what you teach, it goes on. I know what um, her name is, PC Paul. Um, I know what she learned from me. She's going to teach those who are underneath her team when she has employees. And somebody on her team is going to be an entrepreneur too, and they're going to teach them next. So what it doesn't die here. And the only way you ensure that, you know, your mission does not die is if you pass it on. You can't hold on to everything. You got to pass it on. Exactly. So what has been your most satisfying moment in business? My most satisfying moment in business, my most satisfying moment, um, I would definitely say would have been, and this is recent um, because, you know, I've been grinding and my team has been grinding so hard. Um, The Sisters in Solidarity Rally that we put together um, about two months ago in Newark Military Park. And why was that one of my most satisfying moments in business? We galvanized women from all different races, um, creeds, to come together in solidarity for um, social injustice and the, the mission forward as far as moving forward in peace and understanding that women have a unique role in the, the movement that is happening right now. Mm-hmm. We are in the midst of a revolution when it comes to you know civil rights. Right. And some people see it, some people don't, but the truth is that we are. And women, we are extremely powerful. We turn next, we build nations, we give birth to new ideas, we give birth to new human beings. We move the needle. A lot of times you think about the biggest movements in the world, the biggest movements in history. You see men at the forefront, but who are at the background doing that groundwork, boots on the ground, going door to door? A lot of it's women holding that up. Mm -hmm. You know, it's women pouring those ideas in behind, you know, closed doors. And I wanted to host a rally where it was women led. Um, the guests were all entre- female entrepreneurs and to, you know, inspire every um, person who came there to truly look at themselves and understand, you know, their role in the movement, no matter what color. And to see white women in the crowd, you know, standing arm in arm with, you know, the the blacks who were in the crowd and to see Spanish, you know, um, women in the crowd standing as one to see Asian, you know, to see the LGBTQ community and everybody just standing as one. It was such a satisfying moment for me. Um, it was a rally that we put together. I want to say within two weeks and the support that we garnered about 300 people showed up news, 12, um, multiple news publications and the power of the rally really hit home for me because there were a group of um, antagonist protesters who showed up ready to infiltrate. And, you know, some of their signs said, 
all lives matter, not mm. just black lives. Mm. And, you know, some of our, you know, we have um, c- cops in the community who support um, Circles for Healing and they were there and they alerted us, you know, um, we have some people over there who might, you know, be an issue, but we have our eye on them. And they huddled together. It was about 11 of them. They weren't a huge group, but they huddled together with their signs. And little by little, you saw their signs fall because it was such a peaceful rally. There was no room. There was no room. And when they saw whites and blacks, LGBTQ, and everybody just standing arm in arm together, they would have looked like monsters trying to interrupt that. And they saw it. And I said, you know, I want you to think about looking in the mirror and think about going to school and trying to learn from history books that don't have your face in them. Think about learning or trying to grow up in a society that doesn't view you as beautiful and the media, you know, portrays other as the ideal beauty. You never really grow up seeing your face. Think about what it's like growing up as a child and you are forced to only get white baby dolls when that may not be what you, you know, what you are or what you, you know, state, you know, or what you feel that you are. So think about growing up in a world that never validates who you are. Do you want your child growing up in a world like that? No matter what race you are, those signs fell, they fell, and then they went behind their back and became invisible. That was a powerful moment for me. I could see that. So um, on the All Lives Matter, how do you feel about All Lives Matter or when someone comes up to you and say, well, All Lives Matter, not just Black Lives Matter? And I'm glad that you asked that question. I, I addressed that question at the rally. All Lives Matter, you know, when people say that and when people say Black Lives Matter, It is not negating any other lives. It is simply taking to account that in history, historically, Black lives did not matter. Mm -hmm. So we understand that white lives matter. They always mattered. They always mattered. We're saying that Black lives matter too. And, And that's the word that's left off of that phrase. So, you know, it really was a teachable moment and it it helped everybody in the crowd to really understand that all lives never included black lives. You think of, you have to understand history and that's why St. Cole is important going back to the beginning to understand, right? So you think about the Tuskegee experiment, you, you think about how, um, medical doctors, German doctors, you could kidnap a black person from mm-hmm. a black town and operate the, on them in their basement. There would be no news report filed. If somebody tried to file a news, um, a police report, um, it would disappear or be laughed at as a joke. Mm-hmm. There was no such thing as filing a police report because, you know, a, a black person went missing. It did not matter. You know, the education did not matter. So his, Historically, Black lives did not matter. It was always less than. 
So understanding that, understanding Sankofa and how that is the system that America was built on, you know, that whole 2% or that 1%, if you were 1% um, Black, right, you were Black. Exactly. And that took away a lot of privilege for you. Understanding that that is the history of America. So stating that Black Lives Matter, that is not saying that other people's lives don't matter. It's just saying Black Lives Matter too. Let's understand that. That's all that it is. Exactly. So um, were there any doubts when you wanted to start your nonprofit? Yeah, I think, you know, when you're honest with yourself, you know, you always have a few doubts swimming around in the back of your mind. Um, Are people going to take to this? You know, are people going to really understand what I'm trying to do? Is the support going to be there um, from the community? And, you know, those were a few doubts that I had. And just, you know, having a talk with myself and meditating, those doubts quickly dissipated because, you know, you think about, you know, once again, my biggest fear is not doing anything at all. So I'm going to go for it. I'm going to try it. And I am not going to let a small doubt hinder a bigger picture. That's right. That's what bosses do. We we move on. We move forward. We push through Absolutely. the gate. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so to what do you attribute your success? My failures. I love it. I'm so big on failures. I know it sounds weird because we've Mm -hmm. always heard, you know, growing up, failure's not an option. What? Why? You have to fail. You have to. (laughs) You have to. I attribute my failures to my success because each failure, a big lesson was learned and it was a stepping stone um, to a higher level. And understanding how there is a major lesson in every failure, when you really understand that, man, it's really no limits to how high you can go. And we, true successful people, they fail constantly. But the difference between someone who fails constantly and just can't get back up again and and someone who fails constantly and moves is that they just simply get back up again you know and and not letting that failure you know in any way shape or form diminish what you have to offer or diminish who you are um because it's not a testament to you know your worth at all it's sometimes it's circumstantial sometimes it's timing sometimes you really needed to learn that lesson because if you went to that next level right without learning the lesson that came before it you would freaking fail at that next level, which was a, where there were higher stakes and really lose something that you needed or lose something that, you know, was truly a part of the plan. So my failures are really, really, really what made me successful. So one last question before we wrap it up and you get to tell us where we can connect with you and 
probably be partners with you and so on and so forth. How do you define success? Your questions are absolutely amazing. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you are digging deep. Go ahead now. <laughs> How do I define success? Success is like a butterfly. Success is like a butterfly. In the beginning, it looks ugly. It can be very callous, very hard looking, right? Because you're thinking of something really beautiful and powerful, but it's in a cocoon. But in time, in going through the phases of life, going through some of those failures, going through that process, each time you learn, you shed another layer, you shed another layer until that time where you're ready. And when you're ready, that cocoon falls away and you spread your wings and you're flying. So success is like a butterfly. It doesn't start off beautiful. It doesn't start off beautiful at all. It really looks ugly. A cocoon with a butterfly in it can look worthless. But understanding what's inside. And a lot of times there's a saying that um, I love, you know, the artist, when you watch them without the drape, with, you know, you're just watching them work in the beginning, it looks like crap. Mm -hmm. But over time, the truth reveals itself. Success is like a butterfly. I like that. You need to coin that. So many wonderful ladies have come on here and they have all these awesome quotes. And I'm like, you need to coin that because there's people all <laughs> over listening here. And I'm just saying, you got to put it, yeah, you know, copyright it, how Beyonce copyright and everything all, you know, all over the sun. I need to do this. <laughs> I need to do. <laughs> Love it. Oh my gosh. So before... I allow you to tell people like where they can connect with you. I want to thank you so, so very much for coming on here and being a part of the, you know, I am Wonder Woman series. I know I learned a lot and I'm pretty sure a lot of my listeners have learned a lot as well. And I love, I love the contributions that you have given back to the community and girl, I know you was just in your early 30s. Go ahead, girl. Go ahead. Not to say you look old. I'm just saying, you know, black people can be 50 and you can't tell. So don't take that any kind of way. But Thank I'm saying, she's a boss. I'm humble. Thank you so much. Girl. Woo. Yes. I appreciate it. Of course. Anytime. Anytime. It is very, very honest. Very honest. Um, so, Tell everybody where they can connect with you. Absolutely. So um, our website is www.circles, the number four, healing.org. Once again, www.circles, the number four, healing.org. You can also find us on Instagram at circles underscore four underscore healing. And we're on Facebook as well as Circles for Healing. So three different ways that you can find us and um, keep in touch with uh, the activities and programs that we have going on. Guys, connect. If you're in Jersey, <laughs> you know, I know I got listeners everywhere, but if you're in Jersey or even the New York area, because as you heard, she has, you know, partners, what was that, from Brooklyn or the Bronx? 
something like that? Yes, the Bronx. So, you know, Jersey area, New York, Connecticut. I see my numbers. I know where my listeners are coming from. Get get with her. And do get do you have um any any new um events coming? Like maybe for Christmas or Thanksgiving or anything like that that you wanna the most recent event that is coming up, there's two. Um one is going to be the Sankofa Talks Go Home. So um working with um prince a prince in and he's a royal prince literally in south africa he is going to um be discussing um incentives that south africa has for anybody who may want to relocate and maybe purchase land um or just come back um to the motherland maybe for the first time or another time but we're going to be having a talk about the incentives that south africa has for americans who may want to relocate that's one and um the next one is at the end of october we're going to be doing a community baby shower Mm. um giving away diapers and formula to um and clothes because we have a one of our connects um hooked us up with walmart so walmart gave us brand new baby clothes and shoes so i have tons of baby clothes and shoes from walmart um that we needed to give away so we said a a community baby shower would be a great um, vehicle for that so once again um the sankofa talks coming up how to connect with South Africa and just learn about some instances that they have and a community baby shower for any expectant mothers who may be in need during this time. Wow. That's, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> that's amazing. I want to <laughs> hear about this, uh, this prince and see what he has to say. I might want to get me some land out there. Right. Awesome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now is the time. Exactly. <laughs> You know, this coronavirus, I might be able to buy me a few. You I'm telling you, everybody <laughs> looking around the world like, where else can we look? <laughs> exactly. Because I'm not taking that shot. No, man. No, man. I'm telling you. No, no. Nobody knows what's in that shot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. It was a pleasure. Again, you are fabulous and amazing. And, of course, you are definitely a Wonder Woman. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Have a good night. You as well. Thanks. Bye. Bye. To all my amazing Wonder Women out there, you are stronger than you believe and you have greater powers than you know. Stay blessed.